Well, hello. How are you? Hi, Mr. Herlin. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's like snowy and sunshiny on Earth Day, which is like kind of bizarre. Um, and you know, I thought it was time we talked. It's time for a special guest. It is. So and we invited today. Oh well, let me introduce. Can you build it up a little excitement. Yes, the um, often. Um, I can't do it. I can't. I can't yeah, do it. She's calling me a loser. She's calling me a loser. So this is my, our colleague, Mrs. Fantuzzi. She's Miss Fantuzzi. She's the one that keeps us in line. And she has been an avid listener. And she came to us with this uh, wonderful um, topic of the magic of mistakes. Because kids are so afraid to make mistakes. So I'd like to introduce Daisy Fantuzzi. And hello, how are you? Guys, how are you? You're great. I'm so glad Thank you could you join us today. today. I know you don't like Thank all the attention. I know. I know. Thank <laughs> you for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, it, was, the, uh... it was long. It was drawn out. Um, I was trying to be witty, but then you, you threw me off with your, your double <laughs> loser on your forehead. So then I started to just sweat. Um, but I'm back now. Everything's okay. But we're, we're fine. Okay. I made a mistake. I made a mistake and it was magical. Yeah. And I don't know. Oh, wow. That's a good segue. Yeah. Really good segue, Miss Lewis. How I wove so, that in there. That, um, I guess, Ms. Fantuzzi, could you explain um, what, what attracted you to this, this article and kind of, you know, what, what grabbed your attention at first, I guess? Yeah. So, um, as you guys have um, mentioned in a couple different podcasts, The Cult of Pedagogy um, is a great site and we get emails and everything. And this email of this article came across and um, it's called The Magic of Mistakes, Four Ways to Boost Critical Thinking with Mistake Analysis. But I took it backwards a little bit because a lot of kids in my class are tell me they're afraid of being wrong, they're afraid of mistakes. Um, and so I like read through this article in different ways that we can look at that. Um, just this morning, I asked one of my classes, one of my 10th grade classes, um, why they're afraid of making mistakes. And I got a couple answers I want to share real quick before we get into it. Um, one, one said that um, <laughs> we don't want to do more work. So if they're wrong, <laughs> they feel like they have to do more work to oh, get it. Oh, okay. Um, another one said, I just don't answer if I know I'm going to be wrong because it's embarrassing. Um, so that was interesting. Um, another one said they don't want to be seen as dumb or they have their reputation to uphold, <laughs> which, I, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, the and then, silent type, is that it? And then... Um, Another one said they don't want to get in trouble, which I thought was interesting. We'll talk about that. Um, and then lastly, the last kids were talking about in the sports world, um, if they if they do something wrong in the sports world, they feel like they're bad. Hmm. Yeah. So before we before we go forward, um, 
what 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 do you think about mistakes like how do you so i'm going to throw that question back to the two of you um and you have to answer yourself that's right okay i will um trying to get out of making a mistake so, so ask the question again and i want us to reflect on that also it was your question yeah so so it, it was a question about your question so um i'm really good at making mistakes on the mistake podcast which is good today um so this was already why, set up what, do you, this was a plan. what do you think about making mistakes like okay so in my classroom i actually um don't mind if the kids make mistakes um i i tell them all the time that no um, question is a stupid question. No mistake is a stupid mistake. Um, that all I want them to do is try. Right. And so my my famous line is, what happens if you're wrong? You just turn your pencil around and erase the answer and put the right answer there. Ooh, so good. Yeah. I hope you guys tweet that out. Tweet that out. <laughs> tweet it out. Turn and that we, pencil I mean, around. Obviously, obviously, we talk about it as well, which we'll get into when we get into the article, but um, that's kind of my thing. It, okay. it doesn't bother me. All right. Um, what about for you personally? Are you like, have you evolved with your like okayness with making mistakes? Oh, absolutely. Perfection is um, almost unattainable sometimes, I think. Okay. And how about you, Mr. Harlan? How do you handle it in your classroom? And how do you, what do you think about mistakes? Because Mr. Holland is perfect. Oh. And no. Absolutely. He he really is. He's a rock star. We call him the rock star. Oh, why thank you. No, um, actually, um, I think I'm pretty open. I, I let the students know in general, you know, if I do something that, oh, wow, I forgot to put something on the, on the, on the school G, or if I, you know, happen to forget to put an assignment there or due date's messed up, or, I, or, even, or for that matter, sometimes we make mistakes even in, I know it's very rare, but you, you might make a mistake content-wise, you know, and you have to go back and kind of say, you know, hey, I, I screwed up. So I, right. I, I really don't have a problem with that because I think um, ultimately they need to see that we're okay with making mistakes ourselves so that they in turn, you know, feel comfortable with that as well. So Yeah, I do tell them I'm, I'm only human. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's important. And then I think if we model that, you know, then they can see hopefully that it is okay. So I to kind of see what Ms. Fantuzzi mentioned, I, I don't mind if they make mistakes either. I mean, everybody's human. Personally, right. personally it's a little, I think I'm more hard on myself. Um, look at their book. Agreed. <laughs> so, I agree too. Um, that's something that, you know, is a personal issue, I guess I got to work through is trying to be more confident. Uh, but so, yeah, it's weird because um, professionally, I think I'm better than personally. Is that weird or not? No. No, I don't think that's weird. It's better than, you know, some people like for a long time, you know, when I when I learn something, I I will tend to overlearn it and never try it. Sometimes I get stuck because I get so caught up in trying to be perfectly like deliberate and and so I kind of get stuck and then I just don't I just don't do it. And so I could see where kids would you know, like that sports analogy, it's not really about being dumb. It's more about being wrong, you know, for my own integrity, but then you don't even try. And so like this year, 
you know, we, we've talked a lot about racial equity. We took the racial equity challenge. And one of the big things is you have to have conversations, uncomfortable conversations. And it's like, I see the value now in making mistakes by having those conversations. Cause otherwise you're never, I'm never going to get the other person's perspective. So that's what it, I don't know, like this whole thing kind of made me think about like that and several other things. So well, well, ultimately mistakes are hard for all of us. Yeah. You know, but at the end, and that's where I think even in life, as much as um, things could get thrown your way, you know, difficulties and challenges, mistakes are challenges too. Obviously, we may not be serious with some life stuff, but the point is that when we face those things like mistakes or challenges, it can help us to develop us into better people and or in this case, education-wise, better thinkers, um, better critical thinkers. Um, and ultimately, we have to try to get ourselves and the students out of the, that fear of making a mistake right and all right so the article yes because that's the first part so so why don't you talk about the article and um and we'll just let you sort of lead the discussion because i like i I like your choice and i think that this is a really important um topic i have a better idea why don't we (laughs) each i'll take a point and then we'll come all together on the last point Oh, okay. Oh, actually, actually, there's three big points, so I'll take the first point. Yay! So, the first point is called anticipating good mistakes in advance. So, um, what I what this kind of tells us is that um, when you are planning your lessons, that you should um, in advance think about what could go wrong, both in your planning, in your delivery, like you just said but also what you expect out of the kids. Um, So this happens all the time in English class because English is not black and white. So kids who don't think that way and think more literally um, have a hard time in English class because they could have a variety of answers that could work for whatever it is that you're trying to instruct them in. Because we get, yeah. we all get emails. Social studies too like, is English number two. You know, yeah, we get emails from kids that want to know every. You know, is this the right answer? Is this the right? You know, should I say it this way? Yeah. Right. Right. So I I, I like that. You know, and thinking about um, why the mistake might happen in order to um, do a better job in your delivery of the lesson. Um, on how to prevent that mistake. So that, that was kind of an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I said, you know, and I just made a note thinking about what some kids, how they will answer. Yes. Um, because what each, how each kid is gonna interpret your delivery is what you have to think about in advance. And I also like that, that, um, that you're embracing mistakes, that mistakes are a part of the culture of your classroom. Right. So, um, so I kind of like that 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 whole part in that section as well. So what about the next section, Mr. Harlan? Well, essentially, Ms. Lewitz, it's about using probing questions to grapple with good mistakes in real time. Hmm. Um, did you like my radio voice? Yes, I do. What, what do you I, think I don't like that? that you forgot me. Oh, oh. You said Mrs. Lewitz. What about me? Ms. Fantasy. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. If we don't have any fun, this is boring. 
Well, it, we have to make a lot of mistakes on the mistake podcast. Otherwise, we're not practicing what we preach. Amen. So, amen, brother. All right, all right. Now, anyways, so um, essentially when you're in a classroom situation, and again, as you mentioned with ELA and even social studies too, there are times where you just can't plan for every single potential mistake. It's really tough. Um, However, if we kind of blow off the mistake and say, nope, you're wrong, you know, go on to someone else that knows it, we really miss, as as they say in the article, to have the potential to make that moment magical or, you know, magic in the sense of try more probing questions. You know, what makes you say that? Um, might your classmates, other classmates disagree with you and why? Um, and then even saying, you know, help, help me understand why you think what you think. So it's trying to get a little deeper at why they said what they said and not just say, well, the answer was, you know, 1776, sorry. You know, and move on. Yep. Or, or rolling your eyes at a kid and be like, where did you get that from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I, I like that one. Yeah, in a sense, you know, if you dismiss their answers as nonsense or silly, we might miss a potential moment that could actually teach them and the rest of the class. Right. Yes. And that goes back to kind of like, you know, getting those unexpected answers that you might not have even thought of. Exactly. Oh, that's where their critical thinking comes from. Yeah, and I, I like this section where it says, so I'm going to do two parts. I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about how it this also critical thinking creates a pathway to equity because we kind of glossed oh, yeah. over that section and I thought it was important. Yeah, we did. So, um, and, and then what, what they were saying is that what, what happens is sometimes we don't challenge kids enough because we have a, an implicit or explicit bias about, um, you just think, well, these kids can, or these kids wouldn't be interested in, in, um, and, and how do we shift our thinking to create it so that it's just expected that all kids can. It's just like what we were talking about last week. Yes. They're just coming mm-hmm. from where they are. And so, and so creating, come uh, yeah, come as you are like, and we, and you are welcome. It's like, um, and I do think that that equity at the classroom level gives the kids a chance to step into those um, positions of leadership, to innovate, to break things that, um, you know, must be broken as a core part of their educational experience. Like, I think it gives them a chance to um, step up. And then that goes along with right yeah. No, yeah and then that goes into what i i was set to talk about where we were talking about the three things i love this you know another way that you can make mistake magical is like have them come up with all the wrong answers have them make up a, a multiple choice quiz for idea. their for another kid in class or the whole class and they have to come up with at least three three responses that would be wrong and then add in that one that would be right and that thinking through, we know ourselves trying to create quizzes, like th- that makes you think critically about it. It's like that game, three truths and a false or something. Yeah, three truths that- and a lie. Yeah, yes. it's like that game. That's what it reminded me of. Yes. Can, you, can you talk about the Joe Schmo rule? What's, well, that's kind of cool. Oh, 
Um, well, Joe Small, it says it's important that when students um, do this, that they come up with logical possibilities. I have to, my students follow what I call the Joe Schmoll rule. What kind of answer would trip up Joe Schmoll, the average person who always falls for the trick question? Instead of letting students come up with crazy nonsensical options, keep this rule keeps the exercise a challenging at a metacognitive level. So, so, um, <laughs> so in other words, you know, if you're talking about the revolution, you don't say, you know, did Paul Revere like, or Paul Revere did it because he he wanted to get bubble gum or something like you don't right. have them do crazy questions you know responses like that you want to keep it in line with your content exactly yes, and you know what i just thought of what not yet. Oh, a fun thing that you could do with that is they have to prove why those would be good right answers we better another Ooh. another tweet another, you know? another hashtag that <laughs> right because that would be a fun thing too, especially like yes. we said in our content where they're always coming up with these, you know, off the wall answers, they would have to prove why those would be good answers for them. Yes. So what are our two tweets? Our hashtag turn that pencil around. And the other one is prove why it's true, but make the your fingers really get in there. Can I ask you um, something? Not, no, what? that's going to cost a quarter. Why did we say there was? Oh. Did we make a mistake? Because there's we four did. parts of this. Yes. Well, what happened is we skipped over the second part with equity, but I think we skipped over four... the first part. Oh, so there's four ways to implement this in our classroom. That's what we've been talking about, and I just went back to an earlier section of it. So anticipating good good mistakes in advance is one thing that you could do. Yeah. Using probing questions. We just talked about number three. Um, and now we're going to go to which is wrong and which is right. Which wrong is more right? Which wrong is more right? Yes, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> so this is, this is a great example. Yeah, yeah. So, wonderful example. So in, in this whole part is about mistake analysis. And I, I like this um, section. It was it was introduced by, uh, what was his name? Um, thinking like a lawyer, a practical framework to teach critical thinking to my students. And um, I will, we will link the author because I, in my Colin Seal. Thank you. Colin Seal wrote that. And so he 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 talks about teaching kids how to introduce conflict drama, meaningful opportunities to write and debate across context. Um, he doesn't choose like a one side that's pr pristine and the other side that's pure evil. He says usually both have something wrong to some extent. And um, and the, the core question is, which one is more right? And this teaches kids how to analyze those arguments because in every side of a story, like there, there's some truth that lies in between both. Right, you know, so instead of asking what and how, you say, you know, why, right? Right, exactly. That's what he's talking about. Right, um, yes, thank you. So I think my favorite line is in that next 
part. Um, I love this whole part where he says, I am advocating for a world where children and adults are less obsessed with being right and much more focused on the process of understanding what it means to do right. Care about social emotional learning. There is tremendous empathy, empathy to be gained from learning why someone sees something differently than you do. So cool. I think that's bam. There's a hashtag tweet of a moment. Because especially in the times that we're living in right now, you know, we have to teach kids right at this moment in time to be critical thinkers so that they take it out into the world. And that's what we try to do is thinking like a historian, have them understand like, for example, um, yesterday, um, we've been talking about the American Revolution, and typically it's from, a lot of times, we, we tend to focus on the uh, American or the Patriot side of things, you know, the anti-British, and I wanted to throw a little loop at them, so I, I had them look at um, a loyalist viewpoint. So mm-hmm. this part, it kind of, you know, if, if as educators, we can, you know, especially in social studies, teach them the history, you know, history is a, is a different perspectives on things. You know, I think that's the same idea that people can see the same thing differently and understanding why that is, is really can be really mind blowing. You know, you can really hope to get some understanding there. Well, it's that, it's that famous thing about walking in another person's footsteps. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So essentially we're trying to tap into the brilliance that is yes. sure that all of our students will thrive. Yeah, and I I think that it goes back to, like, if if it's a one-stop shop and we're only creating yes or no answers to be safe because we think that kids can do it, then you're not going to have those. We're not cultivating that resiliency that we want kids to have. And I think think the mistake-making is, just like we were talking last week, giving them practice with making choice or giving them practice with making mistakes is is fostering that resiliency and and i think that's really important and i think that empathy piece also is as equally important you know saying that there are other views and everybody can be right um there doesn't have to be always a right and a wrong right wrong all right well (laughs) What a great conversation yeah, so about nice. the yeah. powerful magic of mistakes. Yeah, we, like we didn't make any of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss Fantuzzi, uh, yes, for joining awesome. us today. Thank you Absolutely. for breaking out the piece of the Thank you for having us. me. Oh, thank you and for we, having us. And thank you all for being, for being you. Magical. <laughs> magical. So go out there and make a bunch of mistakes, guys. Just do it. Yes. Over and now. know that we are your biggest cheerleaders for mistake making. All right. All right. Bye. You. Have a great Bye. week. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you.